everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg as always, and we're going to talk about two things today. Um, the first one is I'm going to go over the 24-hour live stream I did for charity and how happy and proud I am of that. Um, we, we had just an amazing weekend. I streamed for 24 hours straight to raise money for the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. And we, I'll tell the story as we get to it. We set a goal. And we, it was just great. Um, and then secondly, we're going to talk about, and we're going to try to unwrap the mess and the fiasco that is the Diablo 4 announcement. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really crazy story, quite honestly. If you hadn't heard briefly before we get into it, basically Blizzard announced a new Diablo game called Diablo Immortal for mobile devices as opposed to being a new pc announcement and they announced it on the main stage at blizzcon um obviously there was a lot of fan outrage about that and we'll kind of get into that whole mess but there's also this other side of it which is game journos and other people in the industry seemingly attacking people for not liking it right so we'll break down all that but first uh, i really really am so like proud and excited to talk about uh, my, the Extra Life Charity. So the um, let me bring up here actually real quick. So I, I am so proud of this. Like every I've done it. This is my third time doing it. I did it uh, last year. I did 24 hours. And then the year before that I had to miss. And then the year before that I went for 12 hours. And that was my first time 12 hours. Uh, and then this is my second 24 hour one. So 12 skipped a year 24 then 24. And uh, last year we set a, a moderate goal of $2,000 and I want to say we hit like 2400 or something like that. So it was really awesome. And I was like, okay, so this year, let me bring this up actually, cause I'm probably gonna do a video about this. Normally I don't break this down in video, but, um, you know, this part of the podcast, but so we, uh, um, so this year I initially set my goal at, uh, $3,000. So we took our last year, what we did, and we were just going to try to up our game, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. And we, uh, I did a, I, I do a thing. If you don't know, I, I do a radio spot in the mornings on Friday mornings where I use Madden football to simulate the green Bay Packers football game for that following Sunday or whatever. And so I do that. And then, um, they, I'm at the store, they call me, we just do a little segment on the radio for five, 10 minutes, and then I'm gone. Well, because of the charity, I asked if we could do something in studio to give me a little more time to talk about it. And uh, 107.5, the fan, uh, Bill Rabier and Rookie, those guys were awesome. And they said, sure, no problem. They didn't even charge me any extra because it's an advertising thing, you know. They didn't charge me extra. They had me come to the studio and do it. And so I was in the studio. We recorded it. We did a Facebook Live of it, too. So there is video of that, which I'm definitely going to upload. Um, but uh, so you know, we're doing the normal simulation. We ran it in slow time. So it was, takes about 10 minutes and you could actually watch the entire simulation play for play back and forth. And as we were doing that, I was explaining what the charity is and what our goal was. And at that point we were at about $500 of our $3,000 goal. Um, I always kick in a hundred bucks personally to get the kind of donation started. Um, my aunt Kathy threw in a hundred dollars. And so some of my family kind of initially donates to get us, you know, to get the, the bottom of the, the bottom of the money thing started. So that people look and go, okay, it's cool to donate to cause there's money there. And so, uh, so we did the radio thing. It's all great. And, uh, I leave there. I have a whole bunch of other things to do. Like Friday I was off work, but I had to do the radio thing. And then I had to basically get all my equipment set up and like tested and everything ready to fire up for Saturday. Cause I wanted to go 24 hours with no hiccups, you know, no, no stream hiccups, no can't no, like no, no quitting and coming back in. Like I just wanted it to work. 
and it did 24 hours straight, not one hiccup. Very proud of that. And so we're, you know, we're doing our thing. And, uh, all of a sudden I get a, I get a message from my wife and she goes, have you checked the fundraising page? I'm like, no, I haven't. And so I go and I look at it and I'm going to go back to the donations here. Um, because I look at it and like I said, initially it was, I threw in a hundred bucks. My aunt Kathy threw in a hundred, my friend Rick threw in 50, uh, powers comics in green Bay threw in a hundred. My friend drew threw in 25, my wife threw in a hundred. Um, and then there was like an anonymous donor. My friend Jack threw in 25, the guys from the morning show threw in 50 and 25. And then this right here, an anonymous donation of $2,500 like that, that blew my mind. I didn't even know how that was possible. Someone donated $2,500 anonymously and said, quote, tell fan nation to not be so cheap. And so I'm like, what? This is incredible. It, so that pushed us over the $3,000 goal on Friday at noon. And I'm like, well, this is no, like, like I gotta, I gotta increase the goal then, you know, because I also, one of the things we do at game trade is we donate 10% of our sales that day. So, um, I knew that our sale would roughly be in a certain range and we would donate a certain amount. So I was like, well, if we're going to have that later, plus the money we're raising in the store, just through like the collection can or whatever, I'm like, we have to up it to, and I just picked five grand and I said, let's do five grand because then we'll get the sales on there. We'll get this other stuff. We'll see how close we get. And just throughout the stream, you know, I was getting anonymous donations of $250. Look at that one. And that's huge. Um, and then anonymous 10, you know, more of my friends, 25, 50 for my cousin, friend, 25, friend, 10, friend, 50. My mom threw in a hundred bucks, you know, um, then we had some people from the stream. So $10 here, $10 there, $5. Um, a friend of mine, Sam, 20 bucks. Uh, my friend, Austin, 50 bucks. My brother, a hundred bucks. Uh, Jeremy from drop rate, obviously the other, the other guy that does drop rate with us here, $10 and 69 cents. Uh, and then we had some more like Brandon 10. Um, one of my employees, Mac threw in 50 bucks. Uh, we had John do 25, uh, for my friends, 20 bucks, you know, 50 from Cole, a friend of mine, my friend of mine, Chad Beth did 30. Um, and then we had our game trade donations, uh, ended up being like a thousand over a thousand dollars from as the 10%. And then, um, the store donations between powers comics and us just gathering money in the tin can was 328 bucks. And then another anonymous 10 and then 25 for my friend Ryan for a grand total of $5,403 and 69 cents. I mean, I am just blown away by that i never thought in a million years i'd hit five grand i thought i knew i thought i could hit three and i thought that would be tough and some some awesome person came through and and blew that away and so that's kind of it from uh uh from like a uh donation perspective right um and it was crazy you know so i, I just i'm so filled with like i don't know how to say it but i'm so filled with like love and and pride based on that because it was I was remarkable and people were so selfless and I'll be honest, like when my goal was 2000 last year, like I kicked in my family, like my family and I in the store kicked in for like 75% or 80%, you know, and I don't want to do charity stuff just to like guilt my family into donating, you know, I want to get other people to donate. And we did that this year, you know, to the tune of, well, over $3,000 counting the $2,500 anonymous one. So because of us doing it, we got over $3,000 from other people besides like my family. And that made me very, very happy. Um, so, um, I, uh, I'm bringing up Twitch here because I'm going to kind of scrub through my 24 hour live stream, uh, as I talk about it because one, it gives you something to do and, uh, it gives you something to look at if you're watching the video. 
Um, and I know this is really weird. If you watch this on YouTube, you're watching me, watch me right here. Uh, you know what? Maybe I'll move myself right here. How about I do that? There. So now it's me in front of myself. So it's not so weird. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> it's so weird. You know what? Should I put myself up in this corner maybe? Get me like away from other me so I don't have to double stuff you. Um, I had a timer up in the corner. Uh, 19 out. This was 19 minutes in. Which, which really sucked because uh, I wanted to keep this timer going and I had it set to like my F keys and I was entering a donation later and I accidentally hit one of the F keys that canceled it. So that sucked. Um, but I started off playing, as you can see here, I started off playing Rondo of Blood, which um, is an excellent, excellent Castlevania game. It was a great time. And I played that for, oh boy, um, probably like two hours or no, four hours. It was four hours because I started off and then I went uh, from there and I went to uh, uh, play Dark Souls with my brother. So I'm just going to kind of run down how the whole stream went and I'll kind of give my thoughts on things. So then, um, actually, I don't know if we're picking up audio on this, right? We're not. Okay, so I have to unmute this here. We'll see. Did that work? All right, so now I got some audio kind of going on there. I'll crank it up a little bit here. <clears throat> um. So this was me playing Rondo of Blood. No big deal. Uh, very difficult game. It's fun. I like Rondo of Blood a lot. And I beat the PSP remake, but I hadn't beaten the original. Which Patience this is on the Requiem collection for PS4. My thought was to beat this game and then to also beat <laughs> Symphony of the Night. Um, but, you know, it didn't work out that way. Uh, so I ended That's up playing this for about four hours. What I do? Uh, and then, let's see here. There's more? This, this boss fight was oh, pushing no. my buttons bad. So this is like a, uh, like a four-boss like boss rush it was awful um frank frankenbeans here was really giving me the business i was fighting frankenstein um <laughs> so anyway you fight like four bosses in a row that was irritating uh and then let's see here this was me beating the game i think uh right here so yeah this is the i don't know how many fights it actually was but uh, yeah, so, you know, just me fighting, uh, fighting the end boss, and I actually already had done this boss fight a bunch of times, because this is the, uh, uh this is the beginning of Symphony of the Night. Uh, now, technically in that, you can't really die, but, because <laughs> if you die and you lose all your life, then Maria comes out and, like, juices you up. Oh, that was nice. See, that's what you need him to do more, more stuff like that, and then he does a stupid thing there, and you duck it. And then, the, really, the only trick to this guy is to exactly get the perfect jump down when he jumps so you can get underneath him and not get hit by his little feet. And then after that, it's just beat beat that ass, you know? Huh. Um, so that was really good. So very happy about that. Beat Rondo of Blood. <laughs> that was great. And then uh, Jenny wanted to play some games, so um, we, uh, we played a little bit of Dr. Mario. And then after Dr. Mario, we played... Uh, I Actually, I, I whooped her in Dr. Mario. And then my brother came on, and then we played some... Dark Souls 2, which I don't know, now, now the Twitch thing is, <laughs> it's like not working, I, I don't know what's going on in your head, it says you seem to be offline, please try to wait while we reconnect, okay, apparently we're gonna do that, you know, we'll just hit, ref uh, no, internet, oh, interesting, uh, okay, well, I guess my internet just died, which is good, I guess, that I'm not, uh, that I'm not, uh, live streaming this, um, but okay, um, all right, so anyway, let me just back out of here, and I'll just talk more about it then, instead of trying to, uh, so trying to show you, just trying to show it to you. That's that's what I get. Um, so then I went from Doctor Mario, and then I played Dark Souls Two with my brother. Dark Souls Two is a game my brother and I are trying to work our way through. Fought some bosses, had some fun, but it's not really for some reason. It's a game people don't really like to watch, and we 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 had viewers. I would say on average we were between 
10 and 30 viewers the whole day uh we, we peaked as high as like 40 viewers at once and then we dropped to as little as like i want to say like 15 was most of the at the end of the night and dark souls 2 seemed to be a low point for a lot of people i'm not really sure why so we played some dark souls um and the internet's still out it's like it's like a, it's like a hard out too i don't know what's going on with that Oh, well, we'll keep on with the podcast. And as far as I can tell, everything, I've already got my windows open for the other stories, so I should be okay to finish with the rest of the podcast. Um, So we played some Dark Souls, and then my friend Jack came over, and we decided to play some retro stuff. So we went through Contra. Um, we played uh, the original Turtles. We actually um, were blasting through that. We we almost beat it, too. I should have beaten it, but I, I messed up a little bit, and, like, I didn't get through the Technodrome at the end there. Um like I should have, because once you get to Shredder, as long as you have Donatello, you just win, because you sit up on the high and you hit him in the head, um, like most bosses in that game. Uh, so we played that, we played some retro stuff, uh, I'm trying to think what else we played, oh, I think we're back online now, I think, are we back online now? Come on now, come on now, Twitch, we back online, there we go, see, that's all I wanted, just wanted to go back online, just wanted to go back online. Um, so we played some Dark Souls, like I was saying, you know, here's us playing Dark Souls, it's whatever. And then Jenny, uh, wanted to play, Jenny gave me a little bit of a break, because it was, it was foods time. So she played a little bit of Tetris, and then she played some Mario 2. Uh, so here's my beautiful wife, Jenny, she's incredible. And she's so supportive through all this stuff, too, like, you can't, like, I can't, um, say enough about that, like, and, and this isn't uh, a dig on her, obviously, if, if you guys have listened to the podcast for a long time, like, she used to do this with me. And we, she doesn't really anymore. Um, but so a lot of us, like our home is our temple, you know? And so for her, she's very hey, much about home being her safe place, you know? And, and like like a lot of us are. Um, but, you know, so for her, it's, it is like, this whole thing is like a big kind of headache for her, you know? Because I, I've got people coming and going and I'm trying to stay up all night and we normally go to bed at the same time and go to bed together. And, you know... It, it, it's it's not easy for her and, and so she was great about um you know she's such a good sport about it now we don't any money but then helping me out when i need a break she orders and gets the food for us it's just really um just really generous you know and, and i just want to touch upon that because she's so amazing and so um it's so beautiful even though she looks kind of zonked right now because she's just playing mario too <laughs> Um, and man, this Mikey, is me and Jack, you know, uh, my buddy Jack Baldwin here, man. He's he's good stuff. We are at the eight hour mark at this point, playing some turtles, and I'm so disappointed, man. We crushed through this game. Uh, we just ran into Two a few Smash little issues Brothers. here and there. Yeah, I'd, I'd um, like, I mean, he's one of the only for some reason, the Technodrome like whooped me real bad is that even when I was trying to jump on it. So like, he's down to like hit the pieces. I was like taking damage, and I couldn't figure out why. So like, there was some issue there. You know, made some some mistakes, and ended up costing us. End up costing us the W, but that's okay. So here's some turtles action, and then I went. We went from turtles to Zelda two. Um, which I, I love Zelda two, but for some reason we just kept getting this the the stupid uh the stupid swamp palace kept getting getting me for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and then as I took another little little teeny break, uh, Jenny popped on and played some Shadowgate. That's what we got here. It's a it's a game her brother used to play all these years ago. Um, so she played that while I was kind of chilling out because every now and then you just need to get off a of camera um, and just, you know, we'll use the bathroom or whatever, too. But and so this is us. Uh, this is Jack and I playing Contra again. Uh, this might have been the first time where we didn't have 30 guys. So we played it without 30 guys and it was unsuccessful. Not great. And then uh, we ended up 
getting through the game once you put in the 30 characters. Here's us beating it. My good friend Dave and employee Dave shows up. So he, he's a wild card, man. He's he's the Charlie of, of our gang, and uh, he's hilarious. And unfortunately, I forgot that I only had one Genesis controller, so we let him shred a little bit of uh, Streets of Rage 2, and he was giving us the business. You know, he's kind of showing us uh, showing us how things work. So he's on the sticks here, and he's just, uh, he's just crushing it. And then we decided to pop in Castlevania 3. Uh, which is woof. I mean, this game is so hard, and I'd already played, I'd already played Rondo of Blood, and I just wasn't, I just wasn't ready for another Castlevania game. I don't think so. This is Jack playing in the first level. He actually dies on the first boss, and then as we kind of got through later in the game, I started taking over, and uh, not right here yet, apparently, because I'm not on camera. Um, oh, that's right. That was after I got off, I think, because there was a point where I was just like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> this game was pushing my buttons uh, bad, but that's what it does, and that's fine. Uh, and so then I took a little break. They played a little more of that, and then they started playing through Turtles. Uh, so they played some Manhattan Project, which is just an awesome, uh, awesome beat-em-up. Like, it's the best one. Uh, it, it had characters. So if you've never played Turtles 3. It has characters from the movie and the TV show. So, like, Toka and Razor and Super Shredder are in the game. But then you have Krang with his android body. And you have uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. And this uh, this bull guy, I think Bullseye is his name or something like that. And then there's, like, the Triceratops guy. It's just really cool. So, uh, so that was fun. They played that for a little bit. And then, basically, I took over because I had some friends that wanted to play PUBG. So then once, uh, once we got to... Uh, that time, which, and as you can see here, the timer's gone, because that's when I messed up my, messed up my timer, um, let's see here, come on, don't, come on, VOD, don't fail me now, oh boy, <laughs> no internet again, oh geez, this is gonna be fun for uploading videos today, uh, cool, well anyway, you know what, okay, well that's okay, so basically, I played PUBG, and, and that's a game that's so weird, it, like, time, like, melts away when you play PUBG for some reason when I play it and so I played with three of my friends I was playing with two of my friends and then I actually somehow convinced my brother to play with us and it was just awesome so the four of us were playing and we were doing terrible like like I don't even think we got set for like six or seven games we didn't even get good enough gear to like begin to try to play we were always chasing the circle or always whatever um and we got, and then our last match, our second to last match, one of them, we finished second. Like, we got so close, and, and Luke uh, was one of the guys playing with us. He was doing really good, and I made a stupid mistake and ran out and got killed. If I would stuck with him, then me and him probably could have taken the last two guys. But, yeah, so, but it was really fun. So we're playing PUBG, and, um, like, you know the time shift happened, right? It was, um, it was... Uh, daylight savings time so normally i started at 8 a.m on saturday and normally i would have went till 8 a.m on sunday but because of the hour change my 24-hour shift was up at seven o'clock and when you get to that point you know at that many hours in you're like i just gotta survive until the 24-hour mark and you keep looking at the clock and you're like just go we gotta go and uh so uh PUBG though i looked up and the clock said 321 and i was like oh, okay so it's about to roll back it's really 221 um, so, you know, I got about, you know, three and a half hours left or whatever it was. And, and then someone popped in the chat and was like, no, 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 it already flipped back. And I was like, what the hell? Like, where did those two hours go? So playing PUBG kind of pushed me over to, um, you know, past that time. So then it was, you know, two and a half hours left basically, or, or three hours left, whatever it was. Yeah. Two, three and a half hours left. And then my brother and I, we, one of our favorite games to play together is Heroes of, uh, Heroes of Might and Magic 3, Heroes 3. And... 
So we started a game when we went to New Orleans a few, like a month ago, or two months ago, and we started a game. We played it like all day. It was great, but we didn't finish it. And it's, we play it hot seat. I have my laptop, and then you take turns. And so he's like, well, hey, do you want to finish our Heroes 3 game? And I thought, well, I do, but it's hot seat, you know? And he's like, well, I haven't eaten anything today. I'll swing by McDonald's and then <laughs> come over. And I'm like, oh, at 3 in the morning? Okay. So it was great. So he came over. I played a little bit of Symphony of the Night while I was waiting for him because, again, it's not about staying awake. I mean, it is, but more importantly, it's about not being bored. Because once you get bored, then you get tired. So I started playing Symphony of the Night, which I was going to play until um, until he got here. And he got here. We played Heroes right up until the 24-hour mark. And then I was it. I was done. I was like, I'm done. Like, sorry, everybody. Stream's over. I'm not sticking around. I did one more shout-out to all the donations and everything. Like, I tried to tidy up all the little business I had to do, and then that was it. But it was... Um, it was an experience like it always is it's it's a challenge which is why i like doing it like playing games for 24 hours straight to me is a challenge it's not something you can easily do even jordan said that last night on the dropcast was he said that uh you know he he's not sure if he'd want to do it or could do it you know i know he could um but again it's about keeping busy and keeping straight you know keeping your mind right and just keep just keep playing stuff that you enjoy playing and then you'd be surprised like how quickly time can melt away you know it was it was very quickly that eight hours was over and then when i was playing with jack it was very quickly that 12 hours were over now i will admit hours 12 to 24 are the most difficult when you're on the back half and the back nine you know uh that that gets a little more difficult but you just stay busy you stay positive and, and you do it and you realize you're doing it for a good cause which i don't think there's a better cause than trying to raise money for children in the hospital so uh that's all i i know it's a lot to talk about um but i just really really wanted to cover it because i'm so damn proud of it and i really hope that uh you all not only can donate if you can, but are also inspired to do this as well. Uh, it's so easy. You don't have to do it on the day that I do it. You don't even have to do 24 hours. You can do four hours. You can do six hours. Just set a goal for yourself. Raise some money. Raise awareness to it. You pick the charity you want to donate to, so it's all under your control. And so I, I, it's just something really fulfilling about that, in my opinion. Um, so I highly recommend that that's something you do. Uh, it's really fun. So not only donate money to it, but, but play some games and donate to it too. I mean, you can stream to anything. You know, Extra Life is an outside foundation. I linked my Twitch to it, but you can stream on Mixer. You can stream on YouTube and just link it all to it. You know, it's no big deal. But I hope everyone is inspired uh, to, to donate because it was it was pretty pretty great. Um, and, uh, and, and it was just... I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It was uh, it was just awesome. Um, so let me see here. All oh, the internet's back. So just a little bit of Hero Three. Okay. Well, I guess that's all I really had to say. So this is uh, let me let me flip over here one more time. So this is my brother and I, my younger brother Joe, who looks like a mountain man. <laughs> uh, so this is us playing Heroes Three. If you've never played Heroes of Might and Magic, it's this awesome turn-based game where you build an army and then we always play co uh, cooperative against the computer. So it was me and him versus like four computer players or six computer players. And we're just slowly working our way through. I always pick the undead city cause that's what I like. And, uh, so yeah. Uh, and you, you buy units and then those units are, uh, use them in battle. Uh, and it's really great. So, uh, but anyway, 
thank you anybody who showed up and watched the stream by the way and thank you to anybody who donated of course that's all awesome even if you shared it on facebook or shared it on twitter like that's a big deal like anything that raises awareness helps and i really appreciate it. if you shopped in my store on saturday also thank you because you donated money that way if you came in and bought a hundred dollars worth of stuff you technically donated ten dollars and and yes is it me giving away that ten dollars yes but it, it was because you came in the store and bought something so thank you for that like we're both donating Let, let's call it 50 50 you gave five i gave five how about that right so anyway uh it, it was a great time though and I'm, I'm so proud and i really appreciate um everybody's support and love and it, it makes it makes the whole thing worth it honestly it makes the whole thing worth it all right let's close out this twitch thing here real quick close out the extra life thing and so then the last thing we're going to talk about as i mentioned earlier was we're going to try to unwrap and discuss all things, well, not that, <laughs> all things Diablo. <laughs> um, so uh, let me move my little head back down here. Now we're going to start this over. So, so podcast listeners, you always get like the, you always get the, the edits and the cuts like live TV. So then lastly, I want to talk about very importantly and try to unwrap and understand <laughs> uh, Diablo gate, immortal, immortal Diablo gate, whatever you want to call it. But Diablo, the Diablo madness, let's just call it that. So I have all these tabs open and they're all about different facets of things I want to talk about as it pertains to the Diablo immortal announcement. There is a whole bunch of stuff to unwrap here. So all I ask if you're watching this video and you're not like a subscriber, maybe this is the first time you've experienced one of my talks, is that at least try to get through the video and before you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Um, and e even if it's like all of Diablo Immortal videos are getting thumbs down, that's okay. Go ahead and thumbs down it. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is there's like a hundred different things to unwrap here. And so you might agree with some of my opinions. You might not agree with some others. But my what I want to do first, I want to discuss what happened. And then I want to talk a little bit about all the different angles because there are so many little interesting tidbits going on with this story. So the base story, so let's just kind of get this out of the way, the, the facts and all that. So uh, the facts are, I don't even know if I can show that. Can I show that? I don't think I can show that. You know what? Let's just show this instead. So the, uh, is that really freezing up for me? Okay, whatever. So the idea was that everyone attended BlizzCon. Uh, they had talked about having a Diablo announcement for BlizzCon. Diablo announced... Okay, I'm going to start this over again because my cat just decided to be wild. What are you doing? Would you stop it, please? Goodness. It's going to be one of those days today, I think. Um... <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, we're about to restart this shindig. So again, podcast listeners, thanks for always being patient with me as I try to set up this YouTube video because it makes it easier for me to do my YouTube cuts if I do like the kind of the, the breakaway thing. So bear with me. And then uh, lastly, today, we're going to talk about the Diablo announcement, a Diablo Immortal fiasco, and we're going to try to unravel all the parts of this. So please bear with me, and before you give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down, try to get through the whole video, because there is a lot to go through here, and you may agree with some of my opinions, you may not agree with some others, but there's a lot going on here. It's not as simple as Blizzard announced a game and people don't like it. There's a lot of different facets to this, a lot, a lot of interesting stuff. So uh, I have all these tabs open, and so you'll kind of see what we got going on uh and 
so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of play the announcement in the background here as I explain what's going on. So the the, the idea was that at BlizzCon on the main stage, uh, the Diablo announcement that they made was a new mobile game called Diablo Immortal. Okay, so Diablo Immortal is the new Diablo game being made, and it's gonna be for mobile devices. And well, they made the announcement. It just kind of like you felt like the air was taken out of everybody in the room. Um, and so seemingly the way it feels is that uh, fans are disappointed that uh, Blizzard and Activision, of course, have made and ruined, uh, made a new Diablo game for mobile, have abandoned them, have forsaken them, and are making a game that they don't want to play on mobile. Uh, you know, and I, th I so the first thing I want to say is I think it's fair, very fair, for fans to be disappointed by this announcement. There are a lot of mobile games out there that when you... A lot of people's negative stigma around mobile, and I know this is changing to an extent, but a lot of people's stigma with mobile is that they're usually free-to-play games or very cheap-to-play, and then they have microtransactions, which you have to spend all this money on to, you know, whatever. And so... So... I understand the disappointment, um, and I understand people's um, fear uh, when they talk about the mobile market because there is a lot going on in the mobile industry that's very manipulative, you know, and very, very uh, these kind of these like shady practices that a lot of like quote unquote hardcore gamers would feel. So that's that's the idea. The idea is that Diablo has forsaken its customers by making a mobile game. And one of the arguments that a lot of people make is that at BlizzCon, if you're going to make an announcement about a Diablo game, you should make it about um, a PC game since most of the people going to BlizzCon are going to be PC fans. Now, yes, Diablo made it to consoles. You can go back to Diablo 1, Warcraft 2, both on console, and then Diablo 3 obviously has come to every console uh, in this generation that's recently on the Switch. So there are a lot of console gamers that are interested in Blizzard games too, of course, but you can argue that their roots come from a PC base and they've carried over PC. If I had if I had to guess, I would say they've sold infinitely more copies on PC of their games than they have on console, but that's hard to say now since the PC version's been out for, was it seven years or seven and a half years or whatever it is? So, like I said though, there's a lot of fast about this. So that's the base case, right? It was Blizzard announces Diablo Immortal, and and people are upset. I'm like, okay, if you're upset, you know, then then these weird kind of articles start coming out um, from like game journalists and people in the industry. And let me see, let me find one of them here because I thought I had this up. So th this one here was 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 really strange. So if you're with me here, hey Chester, buddy. Um, so if you're still with me on this one, we have Will, Will Powers. So I'm just going to click on this because I want to, you know, give a little bit of background. Um, he's a senior account director, uh, gaming at true PR. Um, he is a former at deep silver at PlayStation and at BH impact. Uh, he's a reality TV winner and a doggy dad and he's in San Francisco. So, okay. So I, I don't, I don't know him personally. I've never really had any interaction with him. But um, <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring him up was he had a quote-unquote hot take. Uh, and here's what it is. Uh, here, here it is. 
the people that bash on mobile gaming are an offshoot of tos toxic masculinity. They get off on hating something that they've traditionally associated with a heavy female audience. Um, I don't understand that at all. I, I don't understand this argument at all. Uh, I really don't get um, how you make that connection, I guess. And look, I'm the first one to say, I understand the internet. I understand the hate mob. I understand it all. It happens. People are ridiculous. People threaten people. People say horrible things like, I hope you die. I hope your family dies. That stuff's ridiculous. That's never a place for that. I've said it every time I do a story about some of these on the podcast, I always talk about that. I always talk about it. I always will. And, um, oh, look, no internet again. <laughs> Great. Jesus. My internet's been spotty all day. Sorry. Um, so, you know, so that's his take. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't understand that, you know? And it kind of boils down to like, why are we not allowed to be disappointed in something? Right. And, and it's like, and again, I'm not saying you're allowed to completely trash something, but why aren't people allowed to, to air their grievances with something, you know? And it seems like it, it seems like lately, like if this was EA or if this was some other company that that's usually hated by people in the media what if what if rockstar had done this would would uh would the game would the uh games media be coming out to support them even though you know like oh my goodness i'm gonna have to start this whole thing over again because my cats are being bonkers so podcast listeners stay with me here uh oh my god i'm getting i'm real i'm so pissed right now get out of here come on you're getting out of here Oh my goodness. My goodness. Okay, so that'll be an, that'll be a podcast edit as I shoo my cats out of here for playing with plastic bags. Okay, so as we were saying, sorry, I'm getting distracted here uh, for my for my YouTube viewers out there. We had a weird edit because my cats are bonkers and they wouldn't stop messing around in my office when I'm trying to record a video. So, um, getting back to it, there seems to be this weird culture of you're not allowed to complain about things anymore. And I don't really understand that. Like I understand that you're not allowed to be ridiculous and to threaten people's lives. And you're not allowed to um, say these horrible things to people like that is, that is not right. And you shouldn't do it. But why can't you say as a PC fan, as a blizzard fan for my God, I've been a blizzard fan for 25 years, you know, 25 years, been a fan, been buying their products. I, I The first game I ever played online on my own computer was Diablo 1. And I remember having to like go to Walmart and buy more RAM just so that I could play that game online. And so why can't we complain if we're not happy with something they do? Because if it's something that these journalists and um, opinionists, if it's something that they don't like, they complain about it and that's okay. But if it's something that someone else doesn't like but they like, then all of a sudden it's not just that that they're not okay with you complaining it's that you're a toxic man baby or you're a you're a toxic gamer or you're something else and, and i'm trying to understand why people can't just have complaints anymore now there's there's like a level of civility that doesn't seem to exist anymore and so um, i have up let me see i wanted to bring up there's so many different things to bring up here um and let's see if my internet's still down i don't think i can bring this up but it seems to be up for now so we're gonna watch this real quick so this was this was a gentleman asking the question. Hey, uh, this come on funny. now. Is this, uh... Okay, so apparently I'm not getting audio. Man, this this has been this the worst day for trying to do these videos. What in the hell is going on production-wise here today? Um, okay, don't really understand why this isn't working. Don't understand why it's not working. Why don't you just play and you do that? And then 
We should have audio. Well, we don't have audio, but we're going to watch it. So this guy basically says thank you. And he goes, I'm curious if this is an out-of-season April Fool's joke. And the guy on stage is clearly not prepared for that question. It was probably not what was told was going to be asked. And he asked it. Uh, and seemingly a, a big Diablo fan asked that. And and I'm the first one to say it. That was probably one of the rudest things you could do uh, to a developer. Especially if it's if it's somebody who doesn't make that decision, right? Like, it's not like the guy on stage conceptualized Diablo Immortal and then decided to make the game and then throws it out to people and then tries to make people buy it. You know, this guy's doing his job. So first of all, I find that incredibly rude. Um, I, I wish, and, and it's not that he said it in a bad way. He wasn't threatening him. He didn't say anything, but he was trying, he was trying to, you know, make an impact. Like he was upset. He obviously paid for this. He was waiting for something else. And he didn't get what he wanted to get. And so I don't like how he did that. I really do wish that maybe he had used his time to say, I'd like to know if, you know, I'd like to know what the reasoning is making a mobile game when everyone here wants a PC game or something like that, you know, but to, to, to make it like a joke, like that way, I don't like that. It's not how I would have done it, but it's how he feels. And so, you know, I guess let him, you know, he, he got his, his five minutes of fame and he was fine with it. Um, and then someone else asks a question later that says, will it come to PC? And the response to that question though, from the blizzard employee is, well, don't you guys all have phones? You know? And, and again, he was probably on his, on, on his, on his heels. You know, he was backpedaling. He was having, because they were not expecting this level of outrage. Uh, so I understand that. And then sometimes you try to make a joke. It doesn't land like that happens. I do that all the time. So it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was really making a joke. It didn't land. Okay. So it like while blizzard made a bad announcement, the fans have every right to be upset by that. I, I don't understand why they can't be upset. And it's not fair comparing the fans who don't like this game and trying to argue that they're <laughs> that they're part of these gamergate toxic masculinity they hate women gamers just because they don't want a mobile version of Diablo. I mean it's this whole thing is like I'm I'm a little more passionate about this because I'm I'm so sick of it being black and white. I'm so sick of it you have to be here or you have to be here. Like there's no magical middle. Like you can't, you know, I say this all the time but like like you can't still support the police and you can't still support not people not getting killed by police you know like like those aren't mutually exclusive things you know and, and so I, I i i get so like passionate about this because it's not fair to call your customers entitled like you forget that they're still your customers in fact the people you could argue at blizzcon are your best customers because not only are they buying your products they're so into your products that they attend a convention that you put on they pay you money to be a part of something special like this. And now, is there a difference between disappointed and being enraged? Yes. Uh, do I think the announcement of a Diablo uh, mobile game is worth being enraged? No. Do you think they're not going to make a Diablo for PC? You're mental. You know, I mean, of course they're going to make a new Diablo for PC. Is it so far off that they couldn't even show a logo in front of a picture like Elder Scrolls 6? probably you know and and the other side of this that i have to talk about and this this i have i i mentioned this on the dropcast last night and i'm going to say it again here 
there is something wrong with the hype culture right now. Um, people are overhyping things. They're setting their expectations into the stratosphere. And then they're mad or disappointed when something doesn't come out that meets their expectations that they've prematurely just exploded into outer space. Like what, what, even if they announced Diablo four, would that have like, would that have fixed everything? I mean, I guess I think it probably would have quelled the upsetness, but if all you did was show a Diablo four or say something like, so you do the whole mobile announcement, right? You do the whole thing. And at the end be like, but wait, we have one more thing. And all you do is show like Diablo logo. And then like, swords come down and make the Roman numerals four. It's like, shing, 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 and you're like, what? Oh, Diablo four. What? And that's all you would need to do to quell this madness. But it's, so here's my points about that. One, it's okay to be disappointed. It's very okay. Don't let somebody tell you that you're acting like you're entitled. And this is something I said in the dropcast as well last night. Entitled isn't necessarily always a bad word. In fact, I get kind of upset when people act like if you're entitled to something, that's always a negative. Okay, so you buy a digital game from Activision. You buy Blizzard 3. <laughs> you buy Diablo 3, Blizzard 3. You buy Diablo 3. You are entitled to a product that you paid for. That's not negative. That's not a that's not a shoot. That's not a down thing. That's you're entitled to a product. You paid for it. Somebody comes into a store, they buy they give cash, they expect a product that works. If the product doesn't work, you can return it. Okay? You're entitled to a working product. If I buy something on eBay, I'm entitled to get that product shipped to me. Um so this entitled this entitlement thing, this is like a like a like a, a the the big bad um monster in the room, entitlements, you know? So now it's not about feeling entitled to things. It's about what should you be entitled to? It's like the same argument with Kickstarter and people argue about Kickstarters and they say, well, you're like, people get complained when a Kickstarter is not going to come out with the game. They're like, well, you know, you knew when you signed up for it, that you weren't guaranteed that product, which by the way is false. If you look at the Kickstarter rules, it says that they are required to deliver to you the product that they promised. Now, most of the time, if they can't deliver, it's because they can't. It's they don't have any money, so they never will make it. But the idea then is a lot of people then will argue and say, well, that's Kickstarter. You know, you shouldn't feel entitled to get your money back. You're not investing. You're, you're taking a risk. And you're like, okay, but yes, if I paid $30 that said for $30, I'll get a game plus like a cloth map, and then they don't deliver the game or the cloth map, I am entitled to that game and cloth map because I paid for it. I don't, it's not a negative thing. And so I'm sick of this whole like entitled man, babies, whatever, just because you complain about something, because if it's you, if it's something that we all complain about, it's fine. But if it's something that half people complain about, the other half aren't okay with them complaining. And they can't just say that they always have to say, well, the reason is because you're a, a crying man, baby. And like, okay, well, first of all, that's awful gender specific of you. And you're making a broad generalization plenty of women played Diablo on PC. So to argue that everyone disappointed by this is just a man child, quote unquote, man child is a little bit of a reach too, but I digress. So one fun thing to look at, and like, like I said, there's a lot of angles to this. One fun thing to look at is the Diablo subreddit. They're not happy. <laughs> that's, that's putting it about as mild as you can. Um, now there was, I actually wanted to cover this because this was, this was interesting. So originally, uh, I think yesterday or the 
uh, or some, it was a couple days ago. So Jason Schreier had made, had a report that said, let's see here. Um, where was it? Well, Jason Schreier had basically said that Blizzard had originally planned to announce Diablo 4 at BlizzCon, but pulled it somewhere for whatever reason. Now, that is... Oh, that was the wrong one. That's why. Um, so, let's see here. Uh, okay, here it is. Okay, sorry. So, Kotaku's uh, Jason Schreier, who broke the original story, has subsequently said that while Diablo 4 T's featuring Blizzard co-founder Alan Adam does exist, his original report that it was going to drop at this year's BlizzCon may have been off. So, uh, Schreier saying that his original report saying that they pulled it from BlizzCon might be inaccurate. Quote, what's in dispute here is the timing, wrote Schreier. We had originally reported that it was planned for BlizzCon, but it's possible that those plans were simply discussed and never solidified. Either way, the video never happened. We can confirm that Diablo 4 is indeed in development. So Schreier basically, who I do respect as a game journalist, he's one of the best. Um, you know, he basically had said that they were going to announce Diablo 4 in a little teaser thing, but it never happened. Now he's coming out and saying, well, they have a video that they had planned for something, but not necessarily for BlizzCon. So that was it. Now, we do have a Blizzard response. Um, a representative for Blizzard responded to IGN's request for comment, saying, contrary to today's earlier Kotaku report, that the company, quote, didn't pull any announcements from BlizzCon this year or have plans for other announcements, end quote. Here's the full response to IGN. Quote, first off, we want to mention that we definitely hear our community. We generally don't comment on rumors or speculation, but we can say that we didn't pull any announcements from BlizzCon this year or have plans for other announcements. We do continue to have different teams working on multiple unannounced Diablo projects, and we look forward to announcing when the time is right. So that that was an interesting kind of take because I think some sort of Diablo 4 tease would have completely prevented all of this. I really believe that. Um, but on the flip side of that, getting back to the, 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 the out of stratosphere expectations is people are setting themselves up for disappointment and failure. Um, one, one of the arguments you keep seeing is people will say you're in, you're not entitled to anything from Blizzard. They don't owe you Diablo four. And so then a customer says, well, what about all the people at BlizzCon who paid up to a thousand dollars for rooms and tickets and, and flights? And then they totally left them in the dust. Well, I'm hearing that argument from a lot of people that weren't at BlizzCon. <laughs> so don't be outraged for somebody else. Like, let the people at BlizzCon be outraged if they want to. And if you went all the way to BlizzCon hoping for a Diablo 4 announcement, and if you didn't get a Diablo 4 announcement and you'd be disappointed, you were setting yourself up for disappointment. I'm sorry. You are. And and, and that's something that you have to take responsibility for. You have to take responsibility for, for overhyping. And I, I'm trying to give gamers the benefit of the doubt all the time because I feel like oftentimes game journalists and game developers are on this high horse and, and they don't, I feel, and I'm not saying all, but I feel like a lot of game developers and game journalists, when they talk about things like this, they're on a high horse and they don't respect that the consumer is the whole reason that this entire industry exists. Someone gets to be write books about the video game industry. Like Jason Schreier does. He gets to write articles because us mass fans are buying this stuff when we buy this stuff there's more money in the industry and then they get to make more stuff and then they get to report on said stuff so it's an ecosystem but a crucial part of that ecosystem is the consumer and i liked uh i liked this article let's see where it was here um but uh, blizzard betrayed its fans this is from the escapist 
Blizzard betrayed its fans and the press only made it worse. So again, now Blizzard betrayed its fans. That's a little, it's a little strong, but let's get through this. So last week, Blizzard gathered a throng of ultra fans at its annual BlizzCon in California. And they're in full view of a gathered horde and Alliance announced that its very next game would appear on phones and the long way to Diablo four is still nowhere in sight. The spotlight swerved to the crowd where one shining white face appearing small amongst such large gathering humanity stepped to the mic and asked, is this a joke? Which again, I commented on earlier that I feel like that was in bad taste. I, w I personally wouldn't have done that. I find that disrespectful. But um, what happened next was as dramatic as was expected. Fans both at BlizzCon and elsewhere picked up the refrain, hurling memes and insults, decrying the company they felt had betrayed them. Then like planes stacking up at the landing pattern at JFK, the anti-decry backlash stormed the internet all but drowning out the single offense. And that's the point I kind of want to talk about. Oh, no internet still. Okay, well, so it's as soon as this this comes up and there's backlash, then it almost seems like there's a tsunami, like a wave coming from the other way that is against the backlash. There's a backlash to the backlash. And, and I find that kind of surprising. Um, so I, I, I want to I open this. I wish my internet wasn't being just an utter pile today. Um, looks like I'm doing a lot of editing and not much uploading today. Um, so anyway, it was, oh man, I, again, it goes back to my initial point, which was just cause your complaint doesn't mean you're a man, baby. Just cause your complaint doesn't mean you're an entitled bullcrap man gamer. Like, again, I'm so like, that's so ridiculous that they're assuming that it's all people disappointed in this are all angry white men. Okay. There's plenty of blizzard fans, multicultural um, multi-gender that are absolutely not happy with this. Okay. So let's just back that off right there. Um, but it also kind of shows a little bit, I think, and another article said this, that maybe Blizzard's lost touch with its fans. And you think, well, I guess that's possible. Um, has, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that because here's, here's the truth of it. A mobile Diablo game is going to make buttloads of money. It just is. It's going to make a ton of money. And it's even if the average, like the average Diablo fan, I think will play it. The, if there's a hardcore PC super crowd that doesn't want to play mobile games and they don't play it, that will be, that number will be uh, filled by the casual people who maybe have never played a Diablo game before, but see it as a mobile game that looks really fun. So it's it, it's going to be successful. So is it a good business decision to make Diablo Immortal? Yes. And I say this as somebody who I don't care for mobile games. Uh, Jordan and I go back and forth on this all the time. He, he, he does truly think that I just don't understand mobile games, and that's why I don't like them. And I've given him all the reasons why I don't like them. And, and it's, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with it being mobile. I mean, I've never been a portable gamer anyway. So like, I don't, I mean, I have a 3DS and a PSP. I don't ever play them though. I, if I could hook, and I know you can with certain things, like if I could hook my iPad up to a TV and play it on my TV, I would. And I know you can and stuff like that now, but I'm just saying like, I don't have an iPad, but if, if like I found a game that was super good on there, that was the only way to play it. I could hook up a controller and hook up to my TV. I'd probably play it. But if it can do that, usually it's going to show up on a console or PC anyway. And I'd rather just play it that way. Um, so Jordan and I go back a little bit, a little bit back and forth on this because he, he thinks that I don't understand the mobile environment because I still have that stigma and I still have that image of so many mobile games are pay to win and pay to play and stuff like that. 
And I know that's not everything. And I know a lot of games that are on Steam get ported to iOS and they're great. I mean, I played one of my favorite games last year was Punch Punch Kick Punch. And it's a mobile game and I had a blast. I didn't put a single dollar into it. It was awesome. So it's not that I'm against mobile games. It's just that I'm, I, have a hard, I have a hard time enjoying the control style and stuff like that. Because they have to get creative with things like that since you don't have buttons and you're in a touch market. Even Microsoft, I did a video on this a couple weeks ago, even Microsoft acknowledges that mobile has limitations when you want to have console experience on mobile. So that's why they're working on some sort of controller that can attach to your, your mobile devices when they start doing the xCloud gaming service. So it's, and I'll probably play this to be quite honest. I want to try it out. Who doesn't love, I mean, I like Diablo well enough, you know, and I was a huge Diablo 2 fan. It was, uh, um, it's Diablo two. I put, I don't know how many hours into thousands, probably Diablo three. I'll admit I was really disappointed when it launched, um, besides the always connected and having connection issues right away. Then you had the real world auction house and there, there were, there were missteps, uh, having a level cap that was pretty easy to attain and you couldn't get more and more powerful. Even, even just the way Diablo three worked was they wanted you to grind out almost like world of Warcraft. Like you'd get to the first boss of like the hardest difficulty and they wanted you to farm him a bunch of times to get good enough gear to fight the next guy. I'm like, that's not how Diablo works. You know, Diablo works, you beat through the game. And then once you beat through the game, then you start farming for rare and unique items. You don't have to farm for more powerful items to beat the bosses you're going up against. And they changed a lot of stuff. They added Paragon levels. Diablo 3 has made huge strides since it launched, and it was a little disappointing. Um, so I'm trying to work through these because, like I said, there was so much here, and I know this video is all over the place, uh, and I apologize if anyone feels like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like bonkers here, but I'm just trying to understand some of this stuff. And I'm trying to like paint the broadest picture I can because you've got games journalists attacking gamers for being entitled, You've got, obviously, you have game develop or uh, you have game developers saying, we're getting death threats, and then you've got fans saying, well, I just want to give you money for a game I want, and you're making it like hard for me to give you my money. And yes, like I said, there's always the extremes. There's always the ridiculous, like the guy who, the guy on Twitter who said that it's an offshoot of toxic masculinity. That guy is way far off. A guy, uh, if it's a customer who threatens employees of Blizzard, that guy's or girl is way off. Okay. So it's, those are not the norm. The average person is allowed to be disappointed. And, and I bring this up because it seems like, like the whole culture of not being allowed to complain. We recently, we had, um, like, like this was a big thing over the internet blew up over when star Wars, the last Jedi came out that, that movie, I would say is probably pretty 50, 50, like some, either you loved it or you hated it seemed to be the response. Many people were very disappointed with the with the angle that Ryan Johnson took on it. And they were very vocal about that. And some people loved it. But I remember seeing things like Andy Reiner from Game Informer comes out and says, you know, it, I just watched Star Wars The Last Jedi again. And man, people who don't like this movie just don't understand good movies or something. <laughs> it's like, like, Or he said something along the lines of, if you don't like this movie, then you're only in for like popcorn movies and summer garbage flicks or something. Like it was something really offensive. Like, I'm not an idiot consumer. I'm allowed to not like something and not be told I'm wrong for not liking it. I don't understand. I don't understand where that comes from. You know, trying to unwrap this whole thing is like, there's so many angles for that, but I'm allowed to be disappointed. And so are all the fans that are disappointed. And there's always the vocal minority who they scream and they yell the loudest and they don't represent all of us fans. But remember, like, like going back to what I was saying about how 
it's okay if we all band together on one thing that we hate. Look at the microtransactions in uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Everybody came together and said that was a terrible practice. So we complained. Nobody was complaining about complainers back then. Everybody complained, but since they agreed, they're like, yeah, we have to complain. It's our right, and we'll vote with our wallet, and we will complain. We have to make our voices heard. So then Diablo Immortal gets announced, and people say, well, I don't, I don't want to play this game, and I, I want you to announce, like, I don't like this because it'll probably have microtransactions, and, and then people will, and then people come out, and they're like, you, you're a baby for complaining about that. Like, but you were the same person who was saying you had to make your voice heard when Star Wars Battlefront 2 debacle was happening. When they were, um, when Destiny 2 didn't have, I was charging, f what, 20, or 20 bucks for an expansion pack two months after the game came out. You know, the, these are the things that, these are the things that you're allowed to complain about if you want to. And again, I'll stress this for like the 8 millionth time during this video. No, you're not allowed to threaten people's lives. And no, you're not allowed to uh, harass and say horrible things to people. That's never okay. But you are allowed to complain. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Uh, and, and it's the same thing, like I'm running into this with the, with the Spyro Reignited Trilogy video I did last week. I'm glad it's getting some traction, getting lots of views, getting lots of thumbs down too because... Spyro fans are so loyal to Spyro, they won't look at any criticisms. You criticize the fact that Spyro 2 and 3 are not fully included on the disc. You have to download a patch that one day will be offline to get the complete game. And suddenly I'm not a real Spyro fan. <laughs> suddenly I'm not a true fan because a true fan would buy it and support it no matter what. What bothers me about that on so many levels is... These people love Spyro because they could still go back and play Spyro 1, 2, and 3 right now on your PlayStation 1, 2, or 3. All PS3s play PS1 games. In the future, in 15 years, that update will not be available anymore for for uh, Spyro. So it, well, you want to have these great memories you have of Spyro in 15 years. If they don't do another remaster, then that means you're going to be playing all of Part 1, half of Part 2, and half of Part 3. Why is that okay? And this, I'm not dumping on Spyro. I'm just saying, why is that not okay? To criticize them for the practice. You you should want the things you love to be the best they can possibly be. Like, it's not, I don't, this isn't like a hot take. This is like common sense stuff here. And so, you know, people are allowed to be angry. Don't ever, like, if you want to call someone out for being ridiculous, I'm okay with it. If, if you, if someone's just basically saying, I'll never play another Blizzard game again, they're dead to me. I think that's stupid because you know, Diablo four is coming. Um, now I hope my internet's working here because a, a lot of the issue that people are having with Diablo immortal, <laughs> uh, is that some people think it's a reskin. So, um, it's a reskin of Crusader of Light on mobile is what people are claiming. So this is uh, this video I'm watching here is oh my god um, are you shitting me uh, live fails. Okay, so this is live fails video. Uh, I want to give him credit for it. I appreciate him doing this. So I wanted to uh, uh, they're, they're kind of showing like the two games Wizard and Tuned Mage. I haven't actually hadn't watched this yet before. Um. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's kind of a stretch. They don't actually look the same to me. I don't. I don't. That was a bad example, I guess. <laughs> See if we can find a better one. Um, 
Uh, Blizzard claims that Diablo Immortal is built from the ground up. So it's not a reskin of some other game. Um, and there is a small team working on it at Blizzard, uh, Activision Blizzard, but then, you know, it's being primarily developed by NetEase, I guess, is what everyone's issue is. And NetEase is known for making these grindy kind of pay-to-win games. Um, so real quick, I want to have this up just so I can show you. So if you look on Diablo's official uh, YouTube channel, the Immortal Cinematic trailer has 17,000 upvotes and 456,000 downvotes. Um, now, people started complaining that they were deleting downvotes, but my understanding is it is not... I mean, you can't do that, okay? Let's get real. Like, um, I, as a channel runner, I cannot delete downvotes. Look at my Spyro video. <laughs> you clearly tell I can't delete... And my, my Commodore 64 mini video. You can't delete downvotes. But uh, what you can... What, what Google will take into consideration is people making the multiple accounts blizzard knows if you're logging in from like the same ip address on multiple accounts and giving like tons of downvotes to something so they probably wiped out a bunch of these duplicate downvotes so if you want to talk about like downvotes you know but if it still says negative four hundred fifty-six thousand, that's that's unique <laughs> users so half a million people are not down with diablo immortal and um it's I don't know. I don't even know where I sit on this. I'm going to play it because it's a Diablo game. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I want people to be disappointed. You're allowed to be disappointed. I can't say that enough. But, you know, it's also to think that they're not going to work on a full-fledged PC Diablo. Well, you'd be wrong. Like, look how much they're selling on console and on PC. The next one will come to both. It'll be great. It'll be huge. Um, Diablo 3 has sold a ton for them. They just re-released it. They have a Diablo... Don't they have, like, a Diablo animated series or something coming to Netflix? They got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, whoops. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and if you look at the Diablo subreddit, it's all it is is people being upset, you know. Um, but he, now here's one thing I will say too. Uh, that um, i just i had it and i lost it i'm sorry everybody like there's so much here like i seriously i should have wrote it down because I'm, I'm doing such a bad job for you guys keeping it like lined up um so here's here's a a, a diablo subreddit post entitled i played NetEase crusaders of light a year ago here's my perspective also those quote unquote journalists know nothing about mobile gaming um so he said, back when there was a $10,000 competition for this game, all of the best teams basically had a couple of whales. You definitely couldn't compete as a purely free-to-play team at all. That's why most of the people who were able to get first clear on specific raid bosses for server or everywhere spent tons of money gearing their characters up. In Diablo 2, you could transfer items to your other characters with no restrictions. Um, in Crusaders of Light, you can't transfer some items at all. That's why a lot of people made alternate characters on other accounts. Back then, I remember the only way to transfer currency from one character to another was by having your alts farm plants, mine ore, and then sell the materials to the auction house to get some gold. Then they would have their main characters do the same, except sell it at a very high price. Their alts would then buy these materials as a way of transferring gold. Um, uh, also, the leveling progression in COL is very unnatural. If you started when the server began, nobody reached max level simply because the game didn't allow you to. You were only able to get a limited amount of XP per day. And then when the updates began and people pretty much started getting way too ahead of the beginners, NetEase revamped the leveling system so that beginners had a pretty huge experience bonus. Do a few quests per day and it would be over-leveled to the main story quests in a few days. 
the story was also pretty horrible because aside from being generic, it was incomplete. I remember that there was nothing to do around level 50 plus back then except PvP and Guild Wars simply because the story just stopped. There was no main quests. I kid you not. So this is this guy's comparing the two games. Now, the thing is, we don't know how Diablo Motor is going to work. And I'm also not a fan of destroying something and ripping on something until you've actually had your hands on it. And so I totally understand that people are disappointed with it being a mobile game, but you got to give it a shot. I think it's, I think Diablo, I think Blizzard, and I say this as somebody who was disappointed with Diablo 3 when it came out, I think Blizzard has earned the benefit of the doubt for trying to create innovative experiences. And I will 100% give them the benefit of the doubt until they completely make me realize that I can't trust them anymore. And, uh, and they haven't done that yet. I mean, sometimes they make a new style game that you didn't even know you wanted. When they created Diablo, okay, if, you, if you've if you never heard this, the original Diablo was originally going to be like more like Baldur's Gate, where it was kind of like a turn-based combat. And so then they finally near the end were like, okay, let's, let's just take the turn-based out and let's just make it like an action game where you just click on stuff. And I think you could argue that that was huge. That was part, I mean, a massive part of the, the success of the game. Um. So, and then lastly, I want to to talk about this Forbes article, which talks about the five biggest problems with this Diablo fiasco. And then we're going to be done because this video is way longer than I thought it would be. So, number one, the announcement itself. Honestly, what the hell was Blizzard thinking announcing a mobile game as the capstone announcement of the BlizzCon keynote event in front of its most passionate fans, all of whom are PC and console players first and foremost? It's almost like Blizzard has grown completely out of touch with its fan base and it chases profitability over everything else. Well, yeah, I kind of agree with that a little bit, but I think it's it's not like profitability means you're successful too. You know, it doesn't mean like somehow profitability and treating your fans good are somehow on opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, the reaction to the reaction. Here's something I've noticed over and over again as the years shuffle on. When there's a controversy in the gaming industry, the impulse seems to be to point fingers at gamers and how wicked and entitled they are rather than think of them as consumers. Consumers have every right to be upset when corporations do a poor job at offering them products they actually want. And yet in gaming, for whatever reason almost entirely unique in this regard, the biggest fans are often the ones who get the most blame. Is it really gamers' fault for being upset by the Diablo Immortal announcement as they are just, quote, entitled gamers, once again, as they were decried during the Mass Effect 3 controversy and countless others? Or are they actually entitled to a little upset when they're a let down by the com- when they're let down by the companies whose games they buy and support? After all, without consumer, a company is dead and in the water. Uh, game publishers and the press forget this at their peril. Um, let's see. And he talks about a metaphor. Yeah, I don't really like that metaphor but we'll keep going. Talk about like a steak dinner and eating vegetables or something. Um, Three, we know next to nothing about the game. Adding injury to insult, (laughs) we know virtually nothing about Diablo Immortal. Some people were able to demo it at BlizzCon, but they came away with no knowledge of the most important systems like how gear and loot work. We also have no clue what kind of monetization Blizzard plans to use, but given the dismal state of the mobile industry and the way it plays to whales and the Asian market where microtransactions pay to win schemes and other dubious revenue practices are much more widely accepted, we can be forgiven for our skepticism. Now, this is something I want to address, and I don't know, Jordan and I will probably talk more about it later, but this is what I was talking about. I had made a comment about how you can have free-to-play games that don't aren't abusive with their, with their um, pay-to-win, and still do okay because they will have their quote-unquote whales, which are people who will spend thousands of dollars on it. And Jordan looked right at me and said, see, that's how you don't understand mobile gaming anymore because there aren't really whales anymore. <clears throat> but that's, I, 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 I don't know, this person seems to disagree with uh, with Jordan as well as I, as I did. 
Um, it sure looks like a reskin, and even if it isn't, the concept is horribly dated. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we, but he just literally in the previous paragraph says we don't know anything about the game. So how can you say it's outdated when you don't know? Um, so here it says another issue with the game is Blizzard isn't even developing it on its own. Mobile publisher NetEase has that honor, and that not only justifiably worries many gamers. It got some cyber sleuths digging. They discovered that Diablo Immortal looks an awful lot like NetEase's Endless of God, another hack-and-slash mobile loot game that's essentially a Diablo knockoff. While Diablo has denied that it's a reskin, it certainly wouldn't be the first time a mobile developer has essentially taken asset systems UI and other design elements from one of their other games and then just changed a few things up. I can't say one way or another, but just the bad smell associated with this practice and the early incriminations surrounding the game will be enough to make it stick worse i've confused why blizzard thinks another mobile action rpg in this vein is even necessary mobile gamers have been playing this type of clone for ages and simply stamping diablo on it strikes me as not enough um quote uh, and then the, the fifth one sorry blizzard made its own bet diablo immortal is a disappointment to fans not just because it's a mobile game but because this is blizzard this isn't ea or any other number of companies we expect this kind of thing from I don't understand that because it is still Activision Blizzard, so that's kind of, you know, you should expect this thing to have been coming for a while. Blizzard has spent decades cultivating a fierce following based on the quality of its games. Blizzard doesn't put out games constantly, but when it does, we get titles like Overwatch, Hearthstone, World of Warcraft, which are all pillars of gaming. Having a mobile developer like NetEase take the lead on this game is galling enough on its own announcement, foibles aside, press overreaction aside, and lack of Diablo 4 news aside. Blizzard is supposed to give fans a taste of the great things it has coming down the pipeline at BlizzCon. Instead, they served up a mobile game announcement as the big news and then scoffed at their fans when they reacted with anger and disappointment. Um, I don't think the Blizzard was scoffing at their fans. I don't I don't like that at all. That's I, that's inaccurate, I would say. Um, obviously, there was the comment about the, don't you guys all have phones? Uh, but again, sometimes a joke doesn't land, so I'm not going to beat the guy up for that. Um, will Blizzard respond by giving fans what they're asking for? Will the company show us that we're wrong and they have the quality games in the pipeline that can excite the hardcore fans. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That article's okay. Um, the, uh, yeah, I don't know. Some, some of that was weird. Um, but anyway, um, that's this whole mess. I have to move on from it. Cause I'm just bored with it. Um, and I've been talking a lot about it and it's so all over the place because there's so many things I want to talk about. I should have wrote them all down because I didn't keep any of it straight, but, uh, in any case, um, that is the Diablo madness um, that's trying to like pick apart everything and throw it all out there. And uh, yeah, I think I've been talking about that now for 50 minutes. <laughs> it's had a whole podcast just on Diablo. But anyway, thank you everybody always f uh, for listening and watching. Uh, we will talk to you again next week, uh, I think. I'm pretty sure there's nothing going on. I should be here. Uh, as always, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or on iTunes, if you could subscribe to us on YouTube, it's youtube.com slash drop rate. If, uh, if you are listening to this on SoundCloud, you can listen on iTunes. If you just go to the uh, podcast app, uh, you can look for Game Talk Radio. That is where you're going to find us. And on Twitch, we are at twitch.tv slash the drop rate. So some of our things are drop rate and some are the drop rate. We're working on consolidating, but drop rate wasn't as uncommon as we thought it was. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, for listening, as always. Thank you for watching. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.